This show is furnished by The Cochrane Firm. Talk Radio, AM 790. Loving being with you. You are listening to A Nation Divided. We are coming to you live from Culver City. I am here live in the studio with my best friend in the world, Mr. James Oates. How are you doing, brother? Well, if you will pardon me for saying this, <laughs> I'm having a great day. If you pardon me for well, saying how beautiful it is out there in Southern California. Absolutely. Uh, but I don't know if I'm so into the pardon right now in light of the discussion that the we're pardon? having. You're not feeling it? You're not feeling the clemency? You don't no. offer me clemency over here? You know, being the executive, uh, I don't know if I'm going to exercise that power, folks. What we're going to be talking about today, if you haven't gathered, is what is unprecedented uh, in our current administration, uh, which is the use of the presidential pardon. Now, specifically, uh, there's, there's not a complicated issue here. The president can literally, through the stroke of a pen, clear uh, a wrongdoing that has been uh, resulting in a conviction for a person. Uh, but specifically, folks, what we're going to really be focusing on, especially at the beginning of the hour, are pardons for individuals uh, in our military who have been convicted of murder, convicted of war crimes, basically, in foreign jurisdictions, in a military court of law. And in these instances, uh, they have always resulted in death, uh, the death of the of whatever uh, charge charge resulted in uh, what is called an Article Thirty Two hearing, which is a military tribunal, and in specific cases, things that we do in foreign countries can give rise to criminal liability in the states. And specifically, we're going to be talking about a few cases, but the issue today, folks, is what is right. And what is wrong? If a person is convicted of murder in the context of a military operation and the person is sentenced to jail in a federal prison, should the president have the power to erase that, number one? But more importantly, is it the right thing to do? And as we begin the discussion, folks, as I always say, it doesn't matter if you've even been in the military. It doesn't matter if you have experience in that level. It doesn't matter if you've been on the ground or if you have a relative who has or if you have any specified, specific training. We're only interested in what's right and what's wrong in your mind. We're going to talk about some of these cases in a moment, but you can always join the discussion at any time. We are at one 800 5222 1-800-222-5222. The specific issue is, is it right for the president to use the awesome power of the presidential pardon to exonerate the members of our military who are convicted of war crimes? And specifically, as we start getting into these issues, we're going to talk about some of the specific cases. We're going to talk about issues involving, for example, Lieutenant Michael Bahena, 
He was convicted of murder uh, arising out of an event that happened in 2008 in Iraq. There was a situation in which his uh, unit, his platoon, was ordered to take a man back to the city. The man had been accused of orchestrating an IED that killed Lieutenant Bahena's partners. But they took matters into their own hands and on the way back, took his clothes off, unhandcuffed him, ended up shooting him. Following the shooting, a grenade was deployed under the individual's head, and villagers found his badly burned body. And this is something that resulted in an actual prosecution under Article 32. Lieutenant Behena was found guilty of what was called unpremeditated murder. Many of his uh, inferior officers or people that were subordinate to him actually testified against him. And most recently, we've seen our president uh, swipe that away. The conviction had resulted in a 15-year sentence after appeals. I think lieutenant served about five years of that. And even after he was free, our president uh, issued a pardon. One of the things that we saw in connection with this particular act was a tweet from the president which said, and I quote, we train our boys to be killing machines and then prosecute them when they kill. So the issue becomes, is this something that we should turn a blind eye to, considering the stresses of military work, considering the pressures that these young men are under? Or is it something that we should actually take seriously, the same way we would a murder that happened on our homeland? Well, so I think it's important to jump right in there, Brian, and, and go back and say something that we've said from time to time in the show. You and I are very um, grateful for the people that serve the military and protect our nation. Absolutely. We're, we look to them with great reverence and, and have both personally a lot of friends that are in the military, even still today, serving. Actively, Absolutely. Although we're getting older now. I end up employing a lot of them when they get out, right, actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We do. And, and But it's important to say that, that what we kind of go back and really de- define what we're talking about here. So you have particular instances. We all know that guys that have to go out and be soldiers have to do things that sometimes are really ugly. Right. And, and people in common society you know nice society maybe they would be scared by that or maybe they wouldn't like the way that looks and and i get people that say you know what we need people out on the line doing that stuff protecting us and protecting the people that maybe would find that stuff sort of untasteful but here's the thing when you have guys that they're they're they they break the rules of engagement right they they go they actually are not following orders they're they're going against direct orders right and then on top of that, we have Geneva Conventions that are involved, and then it becomes ultimately a thing of this, that you've got guys that are doing things that are wrong, but more importantly, they actually potentially put our soldiers at more risk in the future. So and, they do it for themselves. Maybe they do it, you know, who knows why they do it. Well, in a lot of these instances, it's very interesting because we, we really are starting to grasp the concept of post-traumatic stress disorder and the unique psychological stressors that our young men are under. When they're overseas. And in at least two of the cases, two of the three cases that we're going to be talking about, one of the things that precipitated uh, the ultimate act of murder was a, a, a senior officer dealing with the reality of seeing his men get killed. Yes. 
And exactly. th- they're not just his, his uh, employee. They're his friends. I mean, right. they're in combat together. And there becomes. And maybe we made a mistake by redeploying that guy, right? Correct. Maybe, maybe someone made a mistake by, by actually putting him back out in the field, and that's a sad situation. But. They want to make it right. But yeah, and you want to make it right. But the thing is, is that if a. I mean, there are guys who suffer really bad things, terrible, horrible things. And they don't take those same actions. So now what are we saying about those guys? Are we saying, well, okay, so those guys were, you know, they were good guys and all, but, you know, this guy should get a pardon just for doing this thing. And, and to be really clear about the, the first case that you're bringing up, I think it's important for people to hear this, and I don't think you really put a fine point on it. This guy made th- – they made three appeals for clemency to military courts right. and three times were denied. So it's not like the guy didn't get a fair shake. And I'm not I'm not even trying to make a ruling on what what should have been done or what should not have been done. It kind of goes back to being the point of should the president be the guy coming in and we'll talk about the process in the next couple of segments. But should he be the guy just coming in out of nowhere and saying, yep, I'm going to pardon this guy toward undermining everything that had been done up to that point? Folks, the issue, if you'd like to join the discussion, uh, should the president uh, be allowed to pardon a person that is convicted of a war crime in our military? But more importantly, is it the right thing to do? Uh, How does it move you? Uh, Does it affect you one way or another? Uh, We have a situation where, uh, by the stroke of a pen, our executive officer can literally take away uh, the results of an entire prosecution that is happening in our criminal court. Uh, Actually, our military courts under Article 32. Is this something that bothers you? Is it something that you consider to be wrong. We can look at another case. We can look at the case of Lieutenant Clint Lawrence. There was a very similar situation here. The group that he was in was under constant attack. They were in Afghanistan. This was a situation where the Taliban had issued several uh, orchestrated attacks against their unit, several of which were uh, carried out by people who were on motorcycles. But in this particular situation, he ordered the killing of a couple of individuals that were on motorcycles that were too far away to do any damage, that clearly were not related to any of the hostilities. But he ordered their deaths, and he was later found guilty of what, what is the equivalent of murder. And as a result of that, he was prosecuted, and he was sent to Leavenworth Federal Prison. And Mr. Trump essentially said that this is something that I'm not going to have. And it's but it's also important to say this got to get on the other side of it, Brian. There are it's not just Trump that was saying this. There are other people coming out for these guys. There's of course their defense attorneys that are asking for the appeal. So there are other people that say that that he that these people should have these guys should have received. A pardon or should have um, received uh, got a positive result out of an appeal. So there, there's people supporting them. It's not like the, he's the only guy in the world. As well as the, the, enlist, the enlisted soldiers are as well. But yeah. the, one of the interesting things we're going to see after the break is that the higher ranking generals and the people who are responsible for the quote unquote military intelligence are having a whole lot of problems with what the president is doing in this regard. And, folks, we're going to take a short break. If you'd like to join the discussion, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-5222. You can also hit us up at nationdividedradio.com during the week if you'd like to discuss a particular topic. In this particular case, should there be a pardon 
for a person in the military who is convicted of murder. Is this right? We're going to be right back to finish up this discussion, folks. Talk to you soon. Welcome back, folks. We are a nation divided. Coming to you live from Culver City. AM Talk Radio 790, where we value your opinions. The topic that we're talking about today is simply a matter of what do you feel is right and what do you feel is wrong. There have been quite a few controversies that we've talked about recently. This one involves our military. And the military is kind of a world within a world within our nation. Uh, But the issues that we're talking about today have really ruffled a lot of feathers and they are the topic of extreme controversy within the military. Some of the enlisted men are actually at odds with their superiors. Some of their superiors are at odds with the executive branch of the government. The issue being, should the president, who is not necessarily associated with the Marines or the Navy or the Army or the Air Force? Well, you got to ask the question point blank, Brian. What happens if pardons are given to people that basically break all the rules? They basically say, you know what? Yeah, I know you guys told me not to shoot here and not to shoot this guy because he's in my custody. And I know you got all these laws and these things that say the Geneva Convention stuff. But you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. What happens to how do generals in the field, how do the officers in the field then get all of the soldiers in the future to follow the rules? And, you know, we're starting to think about should the president have the power, really? Should he be the guy that should undermine this? Yes. Al from Brea. Welcome to A Nation Divided. Yeah, thank you. Actually, it's a great topic. Um, I think there's actually a couple things for me. Uh, one, the president is the head of the armed forces. He is the commander in chief. Yes. That is to him. He gives us a civilian oversight of our military, even though they are isolated. Yes. And as the leader of that, let's say, body of um, people, he's also, through the Constitution, given the right for pardons and clemency. Now, that's where the ballot box comes into play. I think things around morality and things around should we or should we not allow him to do that is irrelevant to me. It's around should he be the one doing it? And if he's not doing it right, then let's vote him out of office. I mean, that's. Well, I guess the, the other issue is, though, is there, are, there are certain limits that, you know, that do exist with regard to executive power. But I think one of the issues is, and I've always felt, Al, that if anything is going to ever change, it's going to be because people just believe that it's wrong. The average American sitting in their car says, no, this does not feel right. And change usually comes from the ground up. And the question is, and this is my question for you, Al, do you think it's wrong? Okay, we have a situation where uh, there is an intentional killing of a noncombatant, whether it be a civilian or a soldier that's rendered uh, a noncombatant because they are wounded. And the person is killed by another soldier. Uh, It actually turns into a Article 32 hearing. The person is found guilty. And it is the president who says, I am going to absolve this person of any form of punishment for that. Now, it may be in the Constitution, but Al, what are your thoughts in terms of your gut, in terms of whether it's right or wrong? About killing? Well, killing's never right. And should people be held accountable for those things? Yes, absolutely. He went through different types of institutions within the judicial system that found him guilty and gave him penalty. And then the president came back and basically mitigated some of those um, things. So I now, think for you, the question is, is how far should the president be able to go right. in regards to writing, you know, what 
the military courts have actually gone through. They have a process. It's a great it point. Like they, um, totally exhausted that process with this gentleman, and they still came to the same conclusion, yet the president overrode it. I really so, like what you're saying. And, folks, if you'd like to join the discussion, I'm just going to give the number one more time. Yeah, you can yeah. reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-5222. We're talking about the concept of the president pardoning individuals who have been convicted of war crimes. Uh, is this something that you believe should happen? Is it right? Is it wrong to you? Go ahead, Jim, please. Well, I really like what I'm listening to Al speak, and I heard him say what he first said, which is true. Yep, that's in the Constitution. It's, it's, it's actually, of all of the, the powers that are granted the executive branch, it's probably the most far-reaching, right. least restricted. It's it Basically, he can do pardons, except for cases of impeachment, right? <laughs> so right. outside of that, he can do it, and that's right. what the Constitution says. But. I, as I was listening to Al, Al, what I think I'm hearing you say is you're kind of starting to go into the world of talking about there's this process. There was a whole system there. People, you know, killing's wrong, of course, and these people have gone through this process. So then let me ask you that with the, in, in the consideration of, of the power of the president to pardon, do you believe that there is a convention or conventions that go all the way back to George Washington – all through the greats, you know, Thomas Jefferson, you know, John Adams, uh, James Madison, all the greats through Abraham Lincoln that that kind of controls or limits what the president can and can't do with that power. Actually, that's, I think, something that still needs to be tested. But to be quite honest, you know, when we go back to, let's say, the founding fathers, the reasons they went through this process and why they gave the executive branch the powers that they did is because of the politics involved with everything that sometimes people are basically wrongly accused from a political stance. This is a political maneuver on right, clearly a political maneuver. And folks, one of the things that I really want to get at is, and again, it, it, is is it right or is it wrong? And I know I don't I don't want to get too esoteric here, but I, I I want to understand people's gut reaction because on the one hand, you have a situation where. We're, we're setting individuals into a combative situation. Uh, this is not technically like a police force. They're in a situation where they're being fired upon. Uh, they're in a hostile land. And they're seeing uh, many of their comrades perish doing this. So is there a different standard under these circumstances in terms of do they get a little bit more leeway? And, and this is an issue that has plagued our our military, and it's an issue that has been within the, the – it's been usually discussed within the confines of military justice system. Now it's something that we're discussing more broadly because the president has intervened so directly. Yeah, but Brian, I don't think you're listening to what Al said. Al actually was – he wasn't being too esoteric about this. He wasn't going too deep. It's actually pretty straightforward. Well, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong, Al. Let me just make this statement for you and then come back and tell me whether I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. What I heard you say was essentially – that it is an issue of right and wrong because you've got people that are being asked out to go out and do this job, military job, but they could potentially suffer some political ramifications because it's either politically expedient to make them be the bad guy or because now people have forgotten about the war. What did the war of Vietnam? It was the same thing. So am I hearing you say that it essentially is a right and wrong thing? And the question is, should politics be able to sort of temper this stuff sometimes when person maybe is wrongly accused and should it be there to make sure that people are protected from the political yeah, implications? It, it's a double-edged sword. You're absolutely right. To me, I find in a lot of wars, wars are extensions of politics, that there are going to be people that wrongly get accused. And there should be a mechanism that they can basically take it all the way up to the chain of command and ultimately get him or her 
to pardon or to uh, mitigate whatever happened to them. The other side of the coin is, to me, when somebody goes into the military, there is a military code of ethics that they know. I mean, the military is not blind about just training these people to be killers. They follow an ethical code when they join the military. They swore an oath to that code. I mean, it's not just a swore an oath to an elite. It, well, it's very different when your theory and practice is very different. I mean, one of the most recent cases that's really gotten a lot of attention involves a Navy SEAL. The Gallagher. Yeah, the man's yeah. name is Gallagher. Right. Uh, even his own peers thought that he was a little unhinged. Uh, this is a guy that was a sniper, and a sniper has extraordinary power. Uh, one of the things that he, that he was accused of doing was shooting uh, a girl that posed no threat, shooting an old man that posed no threat. Uh, he had been accused of stabbing to death a person that was uh, actually uh, severely injured. And he actually, before his case even got any far, got, got to where it was going to get, uh, Trump uh, reinstated all of the uh, ranks that he had been stripped of. And there's a, there's a question as to whether or not uh, this is the right thing. And then you had a photo op where uh, Trump was literally uh, interested in taking pictures with the man. And so the question is, is this something that, because it is somewhat unprecedented, we've always had a certain type of protocol that has been followed with regard to the, the issuing of uh, pardons and executive clemency. Uh, but as it applies to the military, do we have a different situation? Now, Al there? said it. Al said it. He said that there's a procedure, right? There's military code of ethics. And so here's the thing. Here's the last thing for Al. So, Al, just so you say that you've got this code of ethics that might potentially have been violated. Again, do you still go back and say, yeah, sure, the president should have the ability to pardon, even though we do have these military code of ethics, got a military court, multiple military sort of uh, appeals that got passed? Do you still believe that? Yeah. Does. Yeah. He's still because it's in the Constitution. The thing that I always find is that I like that you're calling this to conversation and people should be aware of what's going on and that he should be held accountable at the ballot box. You know, that's our way of fighting back against these kinds of things. Right. And, you know, the conversation you guys are putting on, I think, is fantastic. Thank I you really so much, Al. I'm going to put a bow on it. I'm going I'm to put you on hold. I don't want you to go anywhere really yeah, don't briefly. Go anywhere, and, Al. folks, if you'd like to join the discussion, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-5222. Is this the right thing? Uh, if a person is convicted in a military court of what is tantamount to murder, uh, based on an event that happened at another time in another place in another country, should the president have the power to strip them of the consequences of that? But more importantly, folks, do you think it's the right thing to do? Carrie from Los Angeles, I want to thank you for calling A Nation Divided. We're going to have you a little bit before the break. But, brother, we are dying to know what you think. Is this right? Is this wrong? Where are we headed? Okay. Oh, Sister Carrie, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking. We have a few minutes. Uh, what I what I think is that it is right, and we need a president to have the authority, whether or not I agree with the president. So is it your position, Carrie, that with regard to what he does, whether it be right or wrong, it's important that he just have the strength and the power to do it? Yes, I do. That is a very important concept. And, folks, we're going to hit that when we get back. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And if you'd like to join the discussion, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-5222. The presidential pardon of a person in the military that is accused of murdering.
another. We'll be right back. This show is furnished by The Cochran Firm, 